Welcome to the weekly a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church with your host, Jay, and my good friend Thomas Milburn's in the house. Hi, Jay. How's it going, Pasta? Well, it's going good because we're actually in a house, man. <laughs> we are. <laughs> if this was a video podcast, you would immediately notice that the setting has changed. It has changed drastically. We have been evicted from <laughs> Calvary the, Bible the, Church, <laughs> from the room that we commandeered during COVID. Because ministry is full on, and yeah. the church is growing, so they need all the space again. Yep. So we have been evicted to Jay Ewing's home. <laughs> the weekly has become a no bad. <laughs> it is. It's portable. We're, yeah, it's portable. So just to give you a little flavor of the room that we're in. Oh, you don't do you don't do that, bro. There are no, don't do that. there are gold plates hanging on the walls, <laughs> um, silver cabinets everywhere. My bathroom crystal, <laughs> uh, marble. It's gorgeous, man. This is a beautiful house. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the generosity of Calvary. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were doing this, this well. Yeah. You, you didn't notice the caddy out in front in my golf cart? Yeah, right. Actually, we're we're set up in his laundry room, essentially. <laughs> Kristen just yelled, hey, make sure y'all fold that laundry before you come out of there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. We are live from the Ewing home, though. Let's you know what the best things, thing yeah. about the Ewing home is? And it has coffee. Espresso machine. Yeah. I saw your espresso <laughs> machine. You are living large. February of 2020, the Lord put it on my heart. You needed to get one before the next month of the pandemic. But it, it, let's be honest. Like, if there is a family to have an espresso machine. Yeah, it's us. It would be you. <laughs> Not because you're that picky. No. But because you're that good at making coffee. Because my wife is a black apron from Starbucks. Yeah. Long ago, she was trained in the black apron arts. (laughs) (laughs) By Yoda. Yoda brought her and mentored her. Try? Yeah. Do not try. Do not try. All right. So, yes, it has coffee. Yes. You remember that one time we played that game at Calvary? Does this? Oh, you weren't there. This is. No, I wasn't. sabbatical. Okay. Calvary Leadership Summit this, this summer. We played a game called. Is this Proverbs or Yoda? (laughs) It's pretty good. Pretty funny. Made me laugh a lot. Made me laugh a lot. You know who's really good at Star Wars trivia? She's like the queen of all queens of Star Wars. I just gave half the staff away. Yeah. Uh, Char Green. No. No. Jen James. Jen James? Is the Star Wars guru. Really? Like deep knowledge of Star Wars verse universe. I feel like I'm such a pedestrian when it comes to star wars knowledge oh, me too like, i know who luke skywalker is yeah and but if you were to question me like what color lightsaber luke skywalker <laughs> has i'd be like i remember you, a couple of years ago not to throw your family under a bus but someone okay. in your family had never seen a star wars movie or yeah well i would say i was the only one in my family of oh six that's seen a star wars movie that was pretty impressive to me yeah yeah I'm I'm a fanboy, which means I just wear the T-shirt and think I'm in the fan, but really not a real true fan. I'm like that really filled Cubs fan that like shows up with his Cubs, but doesn't understand you're not supposed to start the wave. Okay, really filled. So inside knowledge. So obviously, if you're not familiar with Calvary staff, this would yeah. mean nothing to you. Okay, but Isaac Sutton. Yeah, I mean he's a he's beyond. he's our IT guy. Yeah, so, so he makes all the technology kind of happen. Yep, and. He sends me a Christmas card that are just awesome, right? With Star Wars themes. So if he and Jen James went to battle, oh, Jen James, really? Definitely. Oh, game. She on. would destroy him, really. Yeah, 
She is the Yoda of Star Wars trivia, Calvary. Dunsies. All right, so wow. we're going. That's okay. pretty hard. But you know what? We need to put those two in a room. Yeah. And let it play should out. we put them in a room or should we put them on a podcast <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> all right jay tell us what's coming up at calvary hey thanks man that's a really good segue yeah i always point out great segues <laughs> hey calvary thanks for tuning in we love to hear from you always write us at the weekly at calvarybible.com that's where thomas just lives he just wants to hear from you every day mm-hmm. from the weekly at calvarybible.com but really, in honesty, if we have a lot of things happening this fall at Calvary. You want to go to calvarybible.com, select your campus, which is right there on the front page. Find out what's happening. You can always download the mobile bulletin. Also, we have a great new app coming out. It's out, Church Center. We're transitioning our online giving, so make sure you're well aware of that. Help us do us a big solid and uh, get that done for us as sooner rather than later. And then also... Um, it's a great place to find groups, what's happening. You can go, there's a group button, Thomas. That's really cool. And it shows you all the open groups at Calvary. So if you want to get in a group, that's a great place for you to discover what group maybe fit your night of the week, age, stage of life. That's a great. Cool. Yeah. But that's what's happening at Calvary. All right. We want you to be connected, whether that's with people in person or online we, we just know that we have to be connected as the body of Christ. Yeah. And Steph Gerthy, last week, if you haven't listened to the weekly from last week, she does a really great deep dive in why we have the Calvary online. It was really fun to sit down with her in the booth while you were on R&R, rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. COVID. <laughs> COVID. But I'm out of jail. Yeah, you are. And you're doing really well. I feel 110%. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Probably because you gave up caffeine. In that- Maybe couple days i had to give up a lot uh but yeah after covid feel really good and just thankful that the lord answered so many people's prayers i know that covid experiences are different for everyone yeah and uh really thankful to be on the other side of it yeah man we're thankful for that too yeah it's great to be with you again in the booth yeah it was great to be together on sunday with the with everybody um and you know, Gary continued to go through our series in Hebrews. We're looking mm-hmm. at Hebrews chapter two, this series about Jesus is greater than. Um, looking at the the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of people that need to be reminded how great God is um, in the midst of all their sufferings, trials, temptations, and just be brought back time and time again in all the different ways that Jesus is greater than mm-hmm. our suffering. So, yep. Jay, what was what was kind of the theme for Sunday? Jesus being greater than. Yeah, so I think one of the major things was Jesus is our hero was, you know, Gary did a great job with uh, talking about, like, our pictures of heroes, generational. You know, it was like my kids is like Avengers are the heroes. For me, it was like John Wayne. You know, I grew up on VHS tapes going to the library. My mom would take us on Saturdays, and I would watch all the John Wayne movies I could growing up. So he was a hero, like Popeye, or every generation has their heroes, right? Sometimes they're sports heroes. Sometimes they're superheroes. And he did uh, a job where he talked about why is Jesus our hero? What did he accomplish? What did he do? And what was the adversary that he defeated? And I think it was a great reminder for all of us that, like, you know, there's some real things at stake here, just not us going to heaven. It's about there's a real battle. There's a real story of evil trying to kill us to drag us to um death and uh, i think it's really important for us to remember that 
Jesus accomplishes so much more than just, you know, a free ticket to heaven. Yeah. What, so what about you? Well, no, I think, you know, in Hebrews 2, and I, you know, John online, Tom was in Boulder, Zach was in Thornton, just unpacking, you know, that full package piece that we see here in, in Hebrews 2, not all the details of our salvation, but the greatness of our salvation. So Hebrews 2 opens up with, okay, don't, don't drift away from such a great salvation that this Jesus, the Son of God himself, came and took on flesh. You know, I mean, he quotes here Psalm 8, you know, what is mankind that you are mindful of, of them, a son, that, son of man that you care for him. Just how incredible is it that God, the, I mean, the creator of the universe, you think about how large the cosmos is and then how small the cosmos is, in all the things that are on the mind of God, is his concern for humanity, mm-hmm. his concern for you, his concern for me, he's concerned for everyone who's listening and those who aren't. Like, I really want to provide them with a great salvation and a salvation from an enemy, from a fear, into an inheritance. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, okay, don't, don't drift away from this great salvation um, that God has freed us from, our enemy, he points it out here, which is the devil, uh, the one that holds the power of death, and those who... All their lives were held by in slavery by the fear of death. So there's the adversary that Jesus conquered, which is the devil. And you know, his threat was that he would just swallow you up in your life into death. And, and Jesus has freed us from that fear, that he's made atonement for the sins of people. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. He's made atonement of it and separated our sins from us so that Jesus, here in verse 11, is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, that he brings us into the family of God. And so that kind of encapsulates a big idea, picture of this great salvation of enemies defeated, the fear the enemy brought is gone, our sin has been atoned for, and he's brought us into the family of God and says, I'm not even like ashamed to, to bring you in here. I call you family. Yeah. I think I have a couple of jumping offs from chapter two that I really would like to talk to you genuinely about. And one of them is that, do you think, do you think we've been distracted over the last 18 months that our enemies, someone other than the devil? Yeah. I I think there's a few instances here in Hebrews that's already challenged me Mm -hmm. of rethinking what is the real battle going on. The real threat. The real threat. Yeah. It's not flesh and blood. And we, we did a whole series of, you know, battle ready, uh, back in the spring to just get our minds around that. Like, hey, we're not battling against one another. It's not flesh and blood. The things that get us most spun up, I think Paul would say, oh, those are transient, man. The things that are visible are passing away. Yeah, they're they're wasting away. They're wasting away. New cycles go come and go really quick over my last oh my goodness. 39 years. The attention span of media on an issue is two seconds. Oh, yeah. It's this... Worse and worse every year. But I think that it plays into, right, people's fears, their worries and anxieties. If I can keep you in a constant state of concern, then you're going to pay attention to me. And you start to pick out enemies within that. Yeah. That really you're fearful of because you're living in that state of fear. Yeah. But the things that are invisible, Paul says, are eternal, mm-hmm. right? So these are the things that are coming. And so it does just kind of correct your mindset. I go, man, I haven't even thought about angels very often. When was the last time you thought about angels? Right. When did you think about the, the schemes of the devil? Like, oh man, I, I'm thinking about the schemes of politics far more than I'm thinking about these other things. Right. And so it is, it's so settling to come back to the scriptures and say, okay, what is real truth? 
Like what's, what's really happening in the world right now? And how has Jesus overcome the world so that I can have great confidence no matter what I'm going through? And there are some really hard things right now. People are really suffering. Right. And so this is a great reminder of, okay, Jesus, the salvation he provides us is greater than our suffering. And so do not neglect this great salvation or drift away from it. Right. You know, I, we've had this conversation before. Um, I don't know if we've ever had it on the podcast, but we've said to each other, it's easier to keep somebody in fear than it is to keep someone in love. Yeah, no doubt. Right, I can yeah. keep your attention if I can keep you in a state of fear far more than I can keep your attention if I keep you in a state of love. Right. And I think that maybe that's our challenge with the salvation is our salvation is this great love to us mm-hmm. in which perfect love casts out fear and then we almost become overly familiar with our salvation mm-hmm. and we drift from it. Right. And what the world offers is this like constant state of fear like hypersensitive to everything and, and afraid of your neighbor or what could happen or, you know, yeah. the outcomes. And, and you were way more in tune with that. Yeah. And those, that's, that fear is also based on like, let's just be honest, like algorithms now that know you and can feed that into you. So you just live in a constant tension. I think that's really important for us to realize is like, we're getting played a lot of ways, even with the media and like where we get our, entertainment and all that type of stuff and we just got to be cautious i'm not saying like destroy it all but i'm just saying you've got to realize that the adversary wins because you're distracted you know the adversary wins when you don't realize he's real yeah and it reminded me like the story of you know when i'm in a men's group i have this awesome thursday morning group of men for years now and the lord pressed upon our group two months before covid to study the armor of god and it was to prepare ourselves, a bunch of men, for this season. And I think so many times fear is the flaming darts that the enemy wants to give us, you know, yeah. that just distract us. And love is hard. Staying in a constant state of love is hard because it takes relationship. It takes work. It takes intentionality. You know, it takes um, the ability to rest in something and to give yourself to something. And so fear is easier. It's an, it's an easier emotion to live in than love. I would yeah, say that too. You know, we mentioned flaming darts. Um, David Frush, who is the pastor of worship in Erie, and you see him online. Uh, we were talking about flaming darts when we were doing our spiritual uh, battle series. And he had mentioned to me, you know, it's so interesting that the flaming darts were used as distractions mm-hmm. um, in battle techniques or tactics, not techniques, in tactics, where darts would often start fires behind the lines and so that soldiers would have to peel off the the front of the battle to go put out fires as opposed to staying in the battle and so you know you think of these flaming darts that come in and start small fires maybe big fires in our own lives Mm -hmm. in between people in families that all of our attention energy has to go to these distractions that's right as opposed to staying focused and in in battle totally totally that's a really good conversation thomas i think that's really important for all of us to understand like what is really going on in the world and and not to neglect this great no. salvation and yeah. even our salvation here in 8 tells us the real world we live in that here's this Jesus who has come and defeated the foe has disarmed the devil has made atonement at the same time it speaks of this now and not yet in verse 8 that everything is subject to God under his feet under his feet which is right? a beautiful metaphor so Jesus at the right hand of the father Everything has been subject. So he is sovereign, right? So all authorities have to report into him. Right. 
And yet the writer of Hebrews says, yet at present we do not see everything subject. Mm-hmm. So there's a reality of, okay, there are things that are happening that God has yet to crush that we will not experience in heaven, right? Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is the Lord's prayer. Like, Lord, would you bring the way that your will is executed in heaven perfectly, unobstructed, unhindered, unfrustrated to the earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, give us, I want your good and perfect rule to be happening here. Mm-hmm. So there's a reality. You know what? There's sufferings, there's hardships, there's, there is still death. A lot of disappointments. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, trauma. There's pandemics. Yeah. No so I, I, just, I just always love when the scriptures just point out the reality of the life. Like they're not trying to paint a, a perfect picture that's not true. But in the midst of the trueness and, and what it is to have been saved, that should inform how we then live right. through our hardships and suffering. Right. Even in the writer Hebrews says, he, salvation is perf- perfect through suffering. So like so talk about like how often it's really hard for me to understand that like, my salvation, my, my Christ-likeness is made probably a little more robust and a little more um, complete when I suffer. Talk about that with us. Like, you know, we have the world that suffers, we have suffering, but like there's an intentionality even with that suffering. Even I'm not God's complete will on earth has a point where it's, it allows for his children, those who he loves to go through some things that actually refine them. Yeah. You know, we could do a whole podcast on like, what are the causes of suffering? Where does suffering come from in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, but we just here just briefly just mentioned like suffering has the power of purifying us. Mm. I think whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, I think most of our character, mm-hmm. um, things that we have uh, really developed in our life that we would actually you know boast about mm-hmm. are probably attributes that came as a result of suffering. No, no doubt. You know, we would look back and say, you know, I, I, I don't want to really go back through it, but I'm almost kind of glad it happened mm-hmm. because I became, I became this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, you know, Paul points out, like, hey, through suffering is going to be development of character and character to produce hope. And, you know, there is something that is produced. And there's also some discipline that happens. And you got to be really careful to, to talk about what is suffering that we bring upon ourselves, what is suffering right. that you've brought into my life, what is suffering just because we live in a broken world and, and what is suffering that God is allowing to happen to me to correct something, to discipline, to make me like a good father, good mother does, yeah. a better child? Totally. Totally. I love this. There's a popular book right now. I just saw it on the best time, bestseller list. But it's like, and I love this title. It's The Obstacle is the Way. And that's the whole premise that like sometimes the the way in which is the most difficult the hard conversation the relationship that you know is on the fence the the obstacle is the way to peace and to a great relationship and i think so often we forget that because most of the time we just we want comfort you know we want the easy way out and it's the it's the hard things that really make us better human beings more like christ i think it was eugene uh, Peterson, who had said, you know, as a pastor, he just fought against all the problems all the time. 
that people had. Like, okay, this person has a problem in their marriage. This, has, this person has a problem in their finances. And so my job is to go and resolve these problems. Right. Give them tools and tricks yeah. and tips. And, and then eventually we're going to become this church with no problems. Right. And, and I don't know when in his ministry he realized, oh, no, the problems are not the problems. Mm-hmm. The problems are the opportunities. Like God has surfaced something in me. And suffering often is is tied to that, where I have something in my life that is just not going right um, because I have things in my life that need to be weeded out. Yeah, no doubt, man. Now, that's not true of all suffering. I mean, there's a lot of suffering out there that Can- is... Diagnosis of cancer. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. That, uh, you don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that interior work of like, okay, so what is my initial response? Like, I got anger. I got frustration. I'm sad. Disappointed. Like, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lord, would you... Would you purify this in me? Would you give me strength to endure the sufferings? I think that's, once again, why he, the writer of Hebrews is saying, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. I mean, this is the message that we have gotten from the Son of God himself about our true reality. Right. And so in the midst of all these hardships, are we paying careful attention to remember, to care for, to, to excite and to have the message of, of Christ grow up in me? Or am I not paying any attention to it? Am I giving way more attention to other voices in my life that are driving me, instructing me, wanting to influence me? Totally, man. So how settling is it to know, okay, I know the reality. There's a God. There's angels. Defeated foe. I'm free of death. They're my under sins his are feet. For, under his feet. Like he's not ashamed to call me brother, call me sister. I'm in the family of God. All right, I'm ready to face the day. Yeah, yeah, totally. It gives you so much confidence to face the day. Yeah, so much joy, hope. It's all done in love, too. What great. do you think the ways that uh, people, you it, it just even the two of us, fail to pay careful attention to our salvation? Yeah, I think we get busy. I think our calendars keep us distracted from paying attention to our salvation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was talking to Michael Heinzman. Heinzman um, helps lead some of our men's groups, mm-hmm. uh, a sp- very specific one called CLC, Christian Leadership Concepts. And he and I were dialoguing about, you know, when we started this five years ago, maybe six years ago at this point, how the, the number one theme with guys, when we talk about like a devotional life, mm-hmm. that would be a prayer life, you know, read your Bible, um, sitting in silence, uh, you know, serving one another. I mean, it could be whatever. They were always like, I'm just too busy. Yeah. And then you kind of think, okay, so what if I could completely remove your commute to work every day? And then how about I cancel all your kids' sports programming <laughs> or extracurricular activities? How about I cancel all sports? How about kids? And you want your vacations off? Like yeah. you don't get to go on vacation anymore? And you, you don't get that to go would never these. happen in this world, would it? It would never happen in this world because if, if that would happen, if I didn't have my commute, I didn't have all these sports activities, I didn't even have sports to watch on TV, yeah. I would devote myself to prayer and the reading of scripture and serving. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, that's what happened. Yeah, and you learned how to make bread. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I totally learned how to make bread. In the totally, totally. Yeast was got, a really yeah, hot commodity. Got my starter going. I was like, all right, baby, here we go. Uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, wait, he gave us all that. Yeah, he gave us what we wanted. And it didn't fix my prayer life. No. It didn't, it didn't. fix any. It's like, oh, so you really have to pay careful attention mm-hmm. that is it, anything can creep in mm-hmm. and cool. just grab my attention away from my salvation to my suffering 
or fears or anxieties yeah. and worries to despair, you know, whatever it is. Right. It's like, oh, I'd, I could do that with little time or a lot of time. Yeah. And we're both going to pick the same options. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd tell you, it's convicting to, to me yeah. to keep coming back and say, okay, what did I learn in the last year? And have I already drifted away from that? Mm-hmm. Like I, I had some resolutions that I wanted to make and now all systems seem to be go. Did I just turn it all back on? And then even try to like recoup for time lost? Mm-hmm. Or, no doubt. Or am I saying, no, I got new rhythms. No doubt. Yeah. That's good. This is really good. Okay. This is another sort of tangent I wanted to talk about in Hebrews 2. And I think I've just felt it over the last three weeks in Hebrews 1 and 2. The writer seems to like really go back to some Old Testament, some strange Old Testament places. Does that make sense? Maybe that's weird for a pastor to say that going to the Bible is strange, but it really, they do seem strange to me that he would use someone like Psalm 2, Psalm 8, Psalm 95, and he's playing like, he's picking and choosing, and it doesn't it doesn't match, I guess, my like, my view of how you study the Bible. Does yeah. that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, you know, when you read Hebrews and there's, you know, all these references to the Old Testament. That are like quick. Like they're like they're shot quick, from the hit. And you're like, you're like, like, like I, I read that and I didn't get the same conclusion. Right. So part of that is just our um, ignorance of the Old Testament. Okay. So, you know, obviously when he's writing this, there's not a New Testament. It's not as though he's like, oh, should I go to the New Testament or should I go to the Old Testament? He's going right. to the, the Testament. Testament. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one and only. Yeah. The only scrolls, scrolls I know of. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the only Testament. Um, so I'm going to go to it. And, it's actually pretty important because he's writing, remember, to Jewish Christians. So if he's going to make a point about the greatness of God that are more than angels, more than Abraham, more than Moses, um, he better go to those scriptures. Yeah, to those sources. And point them out. The other piece of it, when he's lifting these you know, psalms, I think there's a couple of things going on, um, and commentators point this out too. So this is not a thought from Thomas. Uh, but what, he, what he's doing, he's grabbing psalms that have been used in messianic ways like anticipating the messiah that maybe we just are less familiar with yeah so these psalms were hopeful psalms of messiah or used in inauguration of kings so that this would be used maybe in the ultimate inauguration of the king jesus specifically thinking of psalm 2 there's also a sense we'll talk about this on sunday of how psalms are used in connections of horizons so like psalm 95 speaks of a day that was in the exodus and then speaks of a day that was in Samuel, and then speaks of his present day, and then then Hebrews is lifting that to his present day, mm-hmm. and we're using it for our present day, and so it connects the whole, us to the whole story. Yeah, the whole story becomes complete. Yeah. It's like a puzzle in some ways, right? Yeah. So it does. It feels like, oh, man, how did you get there? And part of that is just we got to study. We got to study how did they read their Bibles differently. Yeah. How do they know their Bible? I should read their Bibles differently, but how do they know their scriptures differently than we do? Yeah, totally. And be, I would say, be really familiar with them too. Like, yeah. So often we don't go to the the earliest version of the Bible and enjoy it for the sake of we're getting to know actually how everyone viewed the Bible. You know, Jay, just brings me full circle to think. The reason that we're able to play games like is it in the Proverbs or from Yoda? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's probably because we don't know our Bible very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no doubt. but I, I just think you know these weeks in study, and I hope it's working for people who are hearing on Sunday. Is 
Jesus is greater than. And I don't know what is in your world right now that has your full attention, that is spitting you up for a lot of energy, um, getting you maybe sidetracked or getting you divided with friends or family or even within the church to say, okay, time out. Let's replace Jesus, our salvation, as greater than mm-hmm. this and get focused on what is the reality of life. Where's this thing going? What's the purpose of being here? And then get back on, get on mission. Let's get on mission. Yeah. Which is, what is our mission here at Calvary? Yeah, building Christ-centered communities of people, fully devoted to loving God and loving others. Christ-centered communities, yeah. Which means, and the reality is that we just have to look at Christ. We have to continue to put ourselves in front of Christ as a community. That's right. Also, man. All right, would you pray for us? Yeah. Would you share with us a prayer? Yeah, I I just came across this, and I think it's just, it sums up what chapter two in Hebrews is doing. It sums up our conversation. Uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, which was uh, an ancient Christian, um, taught the church and taught actually the reformers quite a bit about experiencing God, loving God with it, not only their minds, but with their hearts, wrote this as a prayer. And I think it's very fitting for us today. We taste thee, O thou living bread, and long to feast upon thee still. We drink of thee the fountainhead and thirst our souls for thee to fill. Hey, Calvary, we're just so thankful that you're listening today. So grateful for you. We hope that you just take some time between here and the next time you listen to the weekly. Schedule it in if you have to. Cancel some Netflix appointments or friend appointments to sit with Jesus. Get to him. Learn to be hungry, thirst, hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Hunger and thirst for the living presence of Christ. That's how we're going to be Calvary. That's how we're going to be on mission. That's how we're going to survive these wicked days. We love you. Praying for you. Always, like always, write us at the weekly at calvarybible.com. Talk to you soon, Calvary. Peace out.